Hi, I'm Professor Katie Hampson, and this is Rabies Today, a podcast produced by United Against Rabies. And we couldn't have done it without support from Dogs Trust Worldwide. Over the last six months, we've spoken about how the world is tackling this dreadful disease. We've looked at it from many angles, from cultural attitudes to dogs, to how to improve data collection. From unequal access to vaccines to the role of governments, national and local. And we've examined our relationships with pets, livestock, wildlife and working animals. Today, in the last of the current series, I'm joined by three guests to see if we can pull together all these ideas. And we're going to look at the biggest of pictures, zero by 30 the strategic global plan to end all human rabies deaths caused by contact with domestic dogs. Dr. Bernadette Abella from the World Health Organization joins us from Geneva. Hi, Bernadette. Good morning. Dr. Charles Bibe, Regional Head of the Emergency Center for Transboundary Animal Diseases, ECTAD, with the Food and Agriculture Organization is in Nairobi. Hi, Charles. Hi, good morning to everyone. And Dr. Gregorio Torres is in Paris, where he serves as the head of the science department at the World Organization for Animal Health. Hi, JD. Thanks for having me. Today, I'd like to ask if this plan, this grand plan, zero by 30, is actually dead or alive. was always a challenge. We've had even more challenges with low investment and COVID and all of that, but it has brought us together. It gave us a common goal. The Zero Battery was actually, to me, it was a call for action. We have seen progress. Definitely we have seen progress. Not as much as we all wanted. These multi-sectoral meetings were guided by the global plan. Race elimination is only possible if we got a solid science-based national plan. The target has been useful because it has given a, a momentum to a program that was moribund, fragmented. And what we need to think as international community is what has been achieved so far. Are we in the right direction? Are we progressing as planned? If not, why not? So it activated so many cogwheels on a much bigger picture. Race elimination is only possible if we are all in the same boat and towards this common goal of zero by 30. So clearly zero by 30 is going to be challenging, but should we be reconsidering, say zero by 40, zero by 50, or is actually zero by 30 still a useful target? Benedette? My message about altering the 2030 target is let's keep that target. We've got such powerful tools. We can make a difference. We might not reach zero, but we might make a really big dent in the burden of rabies in animals and in humans and and scale up even further so that we move to that next stage where we see rabies only as an epidemic and we go in and mop it up when we have an outbreak. And it will be, you know, it, it will be the way to keep us focused and to still generate that political will Otherwise, we'll just dilute the message again. Gregorio? Katie, I think the, the target is still very, very valid. Huh? Still seven years to go. We should not start thinking, oh, let's try to set a new, a new target. And definitely will not be for international organization to set the new target. It could be a, a 
something that we all need to sit together to see if we need to reevaluate our target or not. As we said earlier, I think the important is to have a target. We do need to keep working together. And what we need to look is how the progress we are still able to do from now until, until 2030. And to do that, as mentioned earlier, we need to keep collecting high quality data, being able to measure progress. And then when we got this data, then would be the moment to sit together and to rethink what has been achieved and if we need to reset the, the target. But still seven years to go, and I think a lot of work to be done. Innovation is happening, a game changer such as Gabi is coming into the equation. I think we all need to be optimistic that even if we don't eliminate totally rabies by 2030, I think there is a lot of humans' lives to be saved in our way. And I think we all need to put our effort to really achieve this goal, which is keep saving uh, humans' uh, lives in the way to 2030. Thank you. Really strong messages here. How about you, Charles? I think we should maintain the target. We knew from the very beginning that countries differ in terms of disease situation, access to affordable and cost-effective interventions. And we also know from the very beginning that uh, there are so many competing uh, priorities. However, uh, let's, let's document, listen, learn since 2015, and, and a lot has been done. And we've just have a quick discussion on the tools and maybe some option, including Gavi, uh, the Gavi initiative, let me put it that way, that could be an additional game changer. So I, I strongly advocate for maintaining the uh, the target and I would say having putting more efforts, you know, uh, into to to engage the countries, to engage the communities, to engage the private sector, and then. And, and, and then we will make, I would say, an assessment along the way. Having the target is it's critical at this stage. Don't change it. Countries are at the center of all of this. And when countries have a goal and can build a plan and start to put a budget against that plan, attract in-country funding, but also external funding, then things start to come together. If we don't have a strategy, there's nothing to work with. So let's look at some of the new ways that rabies control is being supported. The big one in public health is the decision by the Global Vaccine Alliance, Gavi, to support access to human rabies vaccines, specifically the post-exposure injections that are so vital to stopping the virus reaching the brain. Bernadette, Gavi says it will roll out this life-saving support to eligible countries over the next few years. Can you explain how this might work and how quickly it might happen? Yes, yeah, so maybe to start with, let's look at what Gavi is. Gavi is an alliance. WHO is part of that alliance. Um, there's a secretariat, which we call Gavi, but it's actually made up of many different groups. World Bank is part of it. UNICEF is part of it. Multiple countries are part of it. Uh, civil society manufacturers. So it's a, an alliance in, in its true form that supports the use of vaccines in populations. And what have Gavi said that they're actually going to do in terms of human rabies vaccines? So in 2018, Gavi approved an investment in 
human rabies vaccines for endemic countries. It was paused because of COVID. And then this year, the board agreed to start rolling out human rabies vaccines. It was at actually the request of countries. Countries were asking Gavi, okay, we're, we're coming back to some sort of normality after COVID. Can we have the rabies vaccine rollout finally? And so now Gavi is starting, they've made this decision and they're starting to think about how their investment will play out. What do you think that will mean? When do you think countries might actually start to see vaccines in their country and they can start vaccinating people after they've been bitten? So you can imagine there is a planning process before such a rollout happens. Uh, We are currently working as multiple partners to um, support the Gavi Secretariat to um, put some guidelines for countries that will help them plan at country level their own rollout of the human rabies vaccines. We know that human rabies vaccines is only one component of a rabies program. And so even within the Gavi country dossier that will be put together by countries, there will be a need for those countries to express how they will be working with the other sectors, like the veterinary sector, to implement dog vaccination campaigns, or with the communication sector, how will we build demand in communities to seek care and find vaccines. So it, it's uh, the process has started, and we're hoping that the call for countries to submit dossiers will happen in the end of the first quarter of 2024. And the first vaccines on the ground should arrive by the end of 2024. That's really exciting. I think countries will be really delighted about the prospect of having uh, human rabies vaccines available. But you've raised a lot of complexities too. There's a risk that stimulating demand for post-exposure vaccines with Gavi support could potentially make things more expensive without addressing the source of rabies, which is of course the circulation in domestic dog populations. Will dog vaccination plans be part of Gavi's criteria for countries that are applying. Gregorio? I think that's make a lot of sense. Countries need to demonstrate that they have a comprehensive rabies elimination program. We need to keep using rabies as a one health model where all the sector work together towards a common goal. Intervening in the human side of the program will not be sustainable if efforts are not being done at the animal source. Vaccination of dogs remains a key component in rabies elimination, and we truly hope that Gavi criteria, looking at also the efforts the countries are putting in eliminating rabies at the animal source. Thanks. And you mentioned One Health there, which of course has totally risen up the global agenda with the COVID pandemic. Do you think the sort of increasing recognition of One Health is helping to address Zoonotic diseases like rabies? Well, it's, it's true that the pandemic helped the society to understand the One Health concept. I don't think we ever had such an easy job in terms of explaining the interconnection between animal health and human health and environmental health. However, 
that is also a drawback of this message. Sometimes the message got diluted by the next pandemic, disease that might occur, but they are not existing yet. An endemic disease such as rabies got neglected or diluted in the message. So I think we all have a responsibility to keep reminding ourselves that there is many diseases such as rabies that they are killing currently thousands of people and that will require intervention following the One Health concept. I think we need to keep advocating for rabies elimination and using that as a model to operationalize One Health concept. I, I totally agree, Gregorio. As well as bringing up the idea of One Health, I think that the COVID pandemic really showed starkly how access to vaccines is a major challenge and particularly across low and middle income countries, exactly the countries that are affected by rabies and how we need to get improved access to vaccines, both human vaccines and animal vaccines. So Gavi is offering support, but it's up to the governments to apply. And uh, I'm wondering, Charles, if you have anything to say about what communities can do to stimulate that demand for vaccines. When it comes to rabies, there are some needs or maybe some um, gaps that we will certainly need to fill. One is about you know, this lack of community awareness, which is actually hindering efforts to prevent human deaths caused by rabies. We know the importance of knowledge and attitudes of the community. We know how crucial this knowledge is when it comes to uh, their critical factors in varying the mobility in humans. And I totally agree that the demand should not be only on PEP vaccine or PEP, we are also touching on dog vaccinations. And the participation of the community in rabies control program is essential in terms of knowing at which age, for instance, dog could receive vaccination for the first time and keeping vaccination records. Last but not least is understanding how rabies is transmitted. Let's not this knowledge be kept by scientists or decision makers, because this will help reduction of reliance, for instance, of uh, traditional healers. Thank you, Charles. You've brought up quite a lot of important points, cutting across communities and across sectors. And of course, there are new tools and technologies that are now coming online that can help accelerate progress in rabies control. For example, the updated guidance on the PEP regimens, potential for rapid diagnostic tests, different technologies that can assist with vaccination campaign planning. Would anyone, is anyone particularly excited or can particularly speak to any of these new tools that you think would really help move things forward? I think we need to remind ourselves that we got all the tools that we need to eliminate rabies. The tools are bringing efficiency, and this is what we need to really accelerate Oral vaccination, this is becoming a reality just at the beginning, but it's bringing a lot of uh, hope that we can accelerate and we can gain efficiency in the way we are implementing our vaccination in dogs. But to be completely honest, if we really want to accelerate rabies elimination, I think we need to look at a different dimension. It's the management dimension. We do need to maintain this political will. We need to increase the political commitment to really uh, eliminate rabies. The international communities is bringing new innovation, but we still probably fail to, to mobilize 
the decision makers in, in, in really being committed to, to get rid of this uh, awful disease. Thank you, Gregorio. Bernadette? Uh, one of the problems about neglected diseases is that our data is very weak of what truly is happening in communities. So as Gregorio said, we do have tools, but it would be nice to have improved, easy to use diagnostic tools for surveillance. You know, there's a lot of tools that are used in other sectors, but one of the really main areas is, is really improving our data so that we're not shooting blindly, but really targeting our interventions so that we are not wasting our resources. Charles? I think that the challenge is rather on the issue of the adoption or effective rollout to scale up. Uh, in in a sustainable manner, and that is why we still need commitment um, and member states, the government. But let's make sure that these tools are really used at subnational level by the communities, and again to inform decision making. And as was mentioned by I think Bernadette, not to shoot blindly, so we don't really know what is happening in the field. Thank you to my guests. Dr. Bernadette Abella from the World Health Organization, Dr. Gregorio Torres from the World Organization for Animal Health, and Dr. Charles Bibe from the Food and Agriculture Organization. This is the last episode in the series, but we do hope to be back soon with a new series of Rabies Today. For now, thank you for joining us. Do follow us on social media and share this podcast with your networks. This episode and all previous episodes are available on our website, unitedagainstrabies.org, and on all major podcast platforms. Just search for Rabies Today. And as always, we're grateful to Dogs Trust Worldwide for making this podcast possible. I'm Professor Katie Hampson, saying goodbye for now. Goodbye.